I can't stop thinking about New Year's resolutions, but I don't want another long list of things that I know I'm not going to accomplish. So I'm leaning towards choosing one word this year, like my friend Shawnee Pothier has done for the last 10 years or so. I'm excited for you to get to know her a little bit in this podcast episode and to hear how choosing one word has helped her and her family all through the year. Are you looking for real life, tried and true tips and tricks to help with all the nitty gritty stuff of mom life? Well, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Mom Force. 10 years ago, I was invited to attend a motherhood retreat. Some of my friends had organized themselves and booked a place in, where was that first one? Arizona. And we got together, we actually prepared ahead of time with topics and materials so that we could deep dive, discuss all things mother. And it was a great reunion with some of my dear friends, but I also had a chance to meet a brand new friend, Shawnee Pothier, who is with us today. Hello, Shawnee. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Shawnee is one of 10 kids? Nine. Nine kids. Okay. I'm one of 12. So I, I felt know. like we were kindred spirits. Yes, kindred spirits for sure. And we knew your family very well. Your parents, Richard and Linda Iyer, prolific writers of parenting books. They started Joy School. Is that right? Yes, they did. So Joy School is like a co-op preschool, right? Yes. It's the best thing ever. I did it with my kids and I just think it's the greatest program to be able to be with your kids and learn about them and learn with them. Intentional parenting is kind of a buzzword right now. And I think your parents invented that. I do feel seriously so spoiled by having them as my parents because they are amazing. They're these parenting, really self-made parenting experts. I just love them because as now I'm a parent of five kids, it's it's, it would be so easy for them to just come in and say, Kate, well, why aren't you doing this? Or, oh, you should maybe think about that or something. But they never do. They always just say, you know what? You're doing it so much better than we ever did it. Good for them because I would think it would be a lot of pressure. And I would have, yeah, you know, no mom and dad breathing down my neck, like, you should be doing this and you should be doing this. Yeah, they are really, really great. I, I feel very lucky. Well, all of their books, Teaching Children Values, Teaching Children Joy, Teaching Children Responsibility. I actually mentioned the things that I've learned from their books in some of the earlier episodes, especially around responsibility and entitlement and allowance. You guys had some pretty amazing systems in your family. And yeah, we really did. We, I'm, I'm so thankful for them. And I feel like it's fun to kind of try to incorporate them into my life. But also I love my mom's favorite, my favorite book of my mom's is I didn't plan to be a witch. And I think that's oh, yes. really <laughs> my, my very favorite because it, you know, you just hear about all these intentional parenting things and you think, Oh, who am I? I'm not doing anything. And then you realize, you know what? She is this awesome parent. Yeah. And she had those horrible bad days too. So it helps you kind of feel like you're not alone. She actually came and spoke at one of our retreats. And, she did. and it just made me feel so good that even like professional parents are going to have exactly. those days where they're just, you just lose it sometimes. We all have them. Something else that you need to know about Shawnee is she is or was mother of the year 2011. <laughs> what? What is that even? I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh my goodness. It's this organization. I didn't know it was a thing either, but it's this international mother motherhood organization. They try to just promote the the goodness and the beauty of motherhood. But I was chosen to be that national mother of the year that year. And it was kind of exciting to be part of it. So what were your responsibilities? Is it like a pageant where you for the year you reign and you tour and you talk about <laughs> motherhood? I'm just trying to imagine. You know 
It was, we had a lot of board meetings and a lot of things that um, I was able to speak at the national convention and just meet a lot of different mothers. I think it's just trying to get motherhood more in the center focus point of how it just, it's a career, just like we talked about at our motherhood conferences yes. or little motherhood retreats, just, it's a career. And it's something that we need to take really seriously and do it intentionally as much as we can. Yeah. Well, I would think having a title like that, that's also a lot of pressure to, to represent. What did your, what did your family think when, <laughs> when you they, got that I, I have to say that they kind of laughed, but <laughs> They're like, well, they we know, know the real you. No. They know that, but they were really pretty proud. It was kind of cute. My kids were, you know, it's that's it's been a while. My kids were all pretty little at that point, and they they were pretty proud of me. They were it was it was it was fun, but they did think it was really funny too. Oh, I think it's amazing. All right, so tell us a little bit about your family, your beautiful family, which maybe you already follow Shawnee on her very popular blog, Seventy One Toes. Tell us about your kids. Well, I have got five kids ranging in age from now 22 down to 13, one boy and then four girls. And the oldest is married now. And so now we have six kids really, because I totally count Abby as my daughter. She's darling and wonderful. And they are, I've got my three oldest, well, my four, including Abby in college. Mm -hmm. And now I have just two at home. And it's so crazy that time just passes before you even know it. It just passes right in front of you. I know. I only have three at home too. And, you know, I can see the benefits. It's less cooking and less laundry and yeah. less crazy schedules. It simplifies but it just, for sure. It always feels like someone's missing. It really does. It's it's really, it's so sad. There's so many good things about it, but there's, I miss those kids. So yeah. I just keep thinking, even this last week, especially, I just have been so just missing those babies and just thinking, just encourage all you young mothers to just snuggle those babies and even the runny noses and the tantrums and all the crazy stuff that goes on. It just is gone before you know it. And it, the problems get, what my mom always says is the problems get bigger and more expensive, which not to make anyone feel <laughs> like it's ominous. I know. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't want to freak everyone out, but that is true. I have to say. It is true, but it's awesome. It's it's wonderful, just in totally different ways. Well, Shawnee's also an incredible photographer, and I've loved how you have used your blog to document your life with your beautiful family. Tell me about the name of your blog. Yeah, so it's called 71 Toes, and that's because we have, well, we had 71 toes in our family at one point. My daughter is, as you know, born with a, a genetic syndrome that caused causes a lot of different things, but one of the things that, it, that a lot of these kids have are extra digits. And so she had 11 toes when she was born rather than 10. It, we got that toe removed when she was six months old, but we were at once 71 toes. So kind of thought it was a little catchy name. My brother actually came up with that name. Well, and I think it helps bring awareness to, to Lucy syndrome and then your efforts to help fund more research. But tell me about the I Love Lucy project. So your daughter, Lucy, is the one that has this it's syndrome. a syndrome it's a syndrome so yeah she's the she's my lung youngest it's a genetic syndrome so we found out dave and i are both carriers you have to be a carrier to be able to have a child with Barde beetle syndrome and it's just a syndrome that causes all different things from obesity to vision loss you know as a parent you just want to do anything you possibly can do to help your kids and it's a little emotional right now because Lucy's losing her vision a lot faster these days as she's 13. Teenagers are that's the age when these kids really have significant vision loss and so she's got her white cane and she's trying to she's been learning braille for years and she's trying to maneuver her new world and 
it's hard and tricky and emotional. My mom had the idea to start the I Love Lucy project to help gain awareness and to fundraise really to try to help kids with vision loss and with other problems like these. Now we have a website called called Families Fighting Blindness. We have a big turkey trot on Thanksgiving every year and we just work to raise money for, there's so many great researchers out there who are doing so many wonderful things and we are just hoping that there will someday be some things that will help her and if not her, the future generations of kids who are losing their vision and and struggling with these kinds of issues. That's amazing. Shawnee, you are one of my mom heroes. And I'm so glad that you're willing to be here today because I want to talk about something that's probably on a lot of our minds this time of year. And that is New Year's resolutions. Yes, <laughs> definitely. And in our Mom Force Facebook group, there's especially a lot of chatter about this. People are talking about what are your New Year's resolutions? Do you do your New Year's resolutions? And a lot of people venting about how much they hate New Year's resolutions because we tend to make these long lists. And then shortly after, we are overwhelmed with all the guilt for not doing all the things. We do. Yes. And I actually have read lately just some different studies. I think that, and I, I wish I knew exactly where I read it, but just how many people don't follow through. I mean, it's a huge percentage. People get really excited at the beginning of the year. There's something pretty awesome about new beginnings. And I think people just, whether it's the new school year, whether it's the new year, whether it's a new job or whatever, and we get so excited about it and then we just lose steam and it's just hard to keep going. And that can be a little depressing. I noticed that a couple people in our Facebook group, both Tiffany and Michaela, mentioned that instead of doing long lists, they have started choosing one word, just simplify to one word to guide them throughout the year. And I immediately thought of you because since I've been following you on your blog for the last 10 years, I've noticed that you do the same thing. You choose one word for the year. And so I want you to tell us all about it. Like, how does it work? How do you pick it? How has that changed you? And why you're never going back to long lists of resolutions? I think there's some people who love lists and they want to like try a few different things new every new year. But I'm telling you, this simplified one word thing is awesome because so many different things can branch out from it. And you really can stick to one word, right? I looked up all my old words. And um, my very first one was back in 2008. That's when Lucy was two years old. So, and I had, you know, five kids all at home and there was a lot of craziness going on. And so my word that year was be still, Mm. which is not even one word. No, but, But, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I just felt the need to be still and to look into those children's eyes and to stop and to cradle their cheeks in my hands and just really be with them because I knew that that's not going to last for very long. And so I set that goal to be still all year that year. And it really did help. I always, every year I put something up on a board or on a little chalkboard that we've had the last couple of years or one year, my daughter who just started college wrote, she painted, she's in graphic design and she painted this beautiful word for me that year. So I always just try to have it in a visual spot, try to kind of reflect on it whenever I can through the year and see how I'm doing on it. How did be still help get you through the crazy chaos of five little kids? That seems like going against <laughs> the grain of what? It, it does as you know very well with all of your kids like when did, how did how did that help you you know i i don't know that there's really actually even anything specific i just think 
I had that kind of streaming through my mind, but it just kind of was running through, you know, like filtering like a scent in the air through what I was, that was the goal for the year. And I just think that, um, just putting it there, there is some ways to kind of make it a little bit more poignant in our lives. And that is, I think just through monthly goal planning, but my dad is a huge goal proponent, but the way he did it was really cool. When we were growing up, we started with lifetime goals, what we wanted to, where we wanted to be in life. So really dreams and goals like that. And then we, we had these binders and then we had 10 year goals and then we had five year goals, one year goals, and it went into one month goals. And that is, is pretty in depth. A lot of people these days want to kind of stay away from that, but I love the whole idea of having a book or a binder or something that has those things lined out because really life is all about progression. And if we can just think about the future in a little bit, it kind of helps us figure out if we want to come up with a one word for a year, we need to think about, okay, but what I need to project myself into the future. What do I want? Let me describe myself, you know, in Mm. 10 years from now, what do I want to be? I will be such and such age. What do I want to have accomplished? What do I want to have done in that time? And I think if we kind of project that, we're able to come up, not just helter skelter, oh, 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 that word's awesome or that word's awesome, but just something that kind of actually helps us with that progression of who we really want to be and who we want to become. So we've actually started doing that with our kids. I got them each what I call a, it's very, very fancy. It's just a white three ring binder from Costco, but it's what we call a dream book. And we have all of those different sections in the dream book lifetime. I had them just write down what they wanted to be in life. And that changes obviously all the time, but it just helps them think about something that's future down the, down the road, what they kind of are wanting to do. My oldest child thought that he wanted to be a famous basketball player when he was little. And that's totally changed. Now he's doing computer science in college. My, my 15 year old now has wanted to be an orthodontist for years and years, and she still wants to be an orthodontist. So who knows what that'll happen, but those lifetime goals change all the time. But I just think for us moms, as well as for us kids, how awesome to just take some time and think about, okay, what do I want to happen? What, how do I see myself and, and really kind of make it incrementally from 10 years to five years to one year. And it doesn't have to be this big list of new year's resolutions, but just something, okay, this is me in next year. How am I going to be? What am I going to look like? How is, how is my life going to look? And then, and then choose that one word from that projection. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I think so often we just keep getting tossed to and fro from like the daily, weekly, you know, craziness. And we don't yeah, we're just stop. trying to keep up. Yeah. But stopping to think about like, who do I want to be? You yeah. Know, beginning with the end in mind. I think that's so smart. And then, you know, instilling that process with our kids too. Yeah. So is it sometimes, sometimes the words just come to you, right? You know, you need in this, in this stage of life, you needed to be still, but is yes. it sometimes hard to pick your word? I think it's really hard. I really do put a lot of, I I kind of just start thinking about it, you know, a few months before, even a year before this year, my word is going to be prepare. And I, I already know, know it. I've known it for a couple months just because I, I was reading something and I just felt like, well, this is, I really need that in my life a lot more. I need not only for me to prepare a little bit better, but I need to help my kids prepare a little bit better for school, for their future jobs for, you know, whatever it is. And so 
but I really need to prepare because I'm not on time for very many things. And <laughs> I just want to get my life a little bit more in order. So um, I want it to be prepared, but there's a lot of different years that I have just kind of, I didn't even decide my word. I kind of just had it in my mind and I didn't decide it for the first couple months of the year, just kind of really trying to think. And I don't think it has to be this big. I don't want to put across that it has to be this big, you know, lightning bolt inspiration, but I do want it to be something that I, that I can keep and that I can, and that will make me help me progress on the way that I want to go. So prepare is a very like action oriented word that feels yes. like, yes, I got stuff to do. Yes. That's very clear in my mind. What are some of the other words that you've had? So be still was your first one. Be still was the first one. The next one was choose as in more choose the best part. I was just really being pulled in a lot of different directions. I had a photography business at that time. I was doing a ton of family photography and I had a little kids at home and I just, it was taking over my life and I, and I chose to stop that. And I just, I'm so thankful for that. That was just one of the choices, but I needed to make better choices. And then that seems like a lot of these are on the same wavelengths, but the next word was focus. And, and I just wanted to focus on certain things actually each month. So each month I took a different focus and did that. One word that I really like that I did in 2015 was enjoy. I was so into all these action words that I, I, you know, I just wanted to see, I wanted to focus, I wanted to choose, I wanted to do all this stuff. And finally I just thought, you know what, I just need to enjoy. And I love that that's an action word as well. Just actively enjoy what's going on, whether it's even the chaos or even problems, just enjoy, enjoy the moments that we have that come along. And so that was finding joy. So Last winter, towards the end of the year, I was feeling all the stress and the weight of the world that, you know, life can dump out on you. And I went skiing with my sisters and it was like a powder day and we were going down fast. And I found myself letting out this wild cackling laugh. And I thought, this is what I need. (laughs) This is joy. And that's the word that came to my mind was just joy. And I thought... I'm going to do this one word thing. And this is my word. My word is joy because I want to feel like this all year long. This is what's going to get me through. But I found it really hard, really hard. I would find myself starting to get stressed out and a little angry. And I'd be like, oh, got to have joy. And I try to remember what is joy. And that was just really hard for me. Have you had words that are harder than others to like focus in on and keep at top of mind? Yeah, I really have. I mean, because I, I I think that there's some that are a little bit more natural. Um, and there's some that are a little bit, and I just think that kind of comes with the territory and the other ones are disciplined, mindful, guided. And I still, I just go back to that enjoy just thinking, okay, just drop everything and go and snuggle that child. Or you may be in the middle of some crazy, the kitchen is a huge disaster and someone's putting up Christmas decorations or whatever. And, and everyone, people are crying or whatever. And you just need, sometimes you just need to, if you can remember that enjoy, just snap out of it and, and just say, okay, wait, what am I even here for? What is the purpose of this whole thing? And just enjoy it. So. Yeah. Well, I've been toying with what my word is going to be. And I, back in that same vein of wanting to have more joy and happiness, I want more laughter in 2020 because I tend to get, I tend to get stressed out and serious and forget to smile. And I just, laughing is the cure-all for me, but I'm wondering if I need to make it a verb, like laughing or, 
I don't know. I got to work on that. But that's I love that, though, because sometimes we take our lives so seriously and they're meant to be enjoyed. Yep. Well, at the beginning of this school year, we sat the family down and talked about some goals for the school year. And I felt prompted to pick a word for our family to focus on. And, you know, our kids are all spread out. I have one in school in New Zealand and three at college and three at home. But I wanted something that could unify us all as we are going through our various endeavors. And I've noticed with my kids, I get stressed out, they get stressed out, and we take on all the stuff that we have to do and that we're responsible for. And when things don't work out perfectly, we get frustrated and upset and mad at ourselves. And that's not – you can't enjoy life like that. No. And so we actually chose the word grace because I'm always just telling my kids, just give yourself some grace. You don't have to have everything perfectly all the time. Like that's not the way we're supposed to live. And we actually turned it into two words too, amazing grace after that song. I love it, Vanessa. I haven't been doing this for years and years like you have, but just since September when school started and I will read something or hear something that ties back into this and... And I use a family text thread to reach all my kids. And we could just reconnect on that same thought and theme. And it's been so amazing. Have you have done this as a family before? Have we like actually one- have started doing it as a family. I'm curious, just when you did it, that did you just say, okay, our word's going to be amazing grace? Or did you figure that out together? No, we actually started talking in the summer about what are the things that we're stressed out about for the school year? Like, What are the things that are hard for us? And the more we talked through all that, we kept coming back to this word grace Mm-hmm. And then it was actually my husband who he was like, hallelujah, amazing grace. I love it. And we all broke out into that song. And I'm like, that is our words. <laughs> amazing yes. grace. My kids, are, my kids are all musical. And I, I've already seen us performing some grand uh, rendition of amazing grace at the end of the school I year. I think that celebration. is a great <laughs> idea. I do love involving the family in it because I feel like last year, the word, the word I chose I just kind of forced it on my family. I just said, and I think I might this year too, because I feel like we all need to be prepared. I just felt like we all needed connection a little bit more. Our kids are far and wide as well. And so, and I also feel like I want them to connect to God and to each other in beautiful ways. So I kind of chose that, but I, I chose it for myself. And I thought, why don't we do this as a whole family? And so we, so we, we incorporated it for the first time as a family last year. And we always have, We've done this, and I know a lot of people do this at the beginning of the school year. They have like a school year theme. But I love that you guys all were thinking about it together. And I feel like that's what we need to incorporate a little bit more as well so that we can all have ownership of this word that we're trying to work as together. Sometimes as a family, you do need different things than you need personally. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if it will always mesh like that. But I think it's great to be able to involve the family, whether it's the same word or different words, but just have a family thing that you can work on together as well. Okay, you mentioned a little earlier about your binders and how you help your kids think about these life goals. When it comes to New Year resolutions for your kids, I'm wondering what you do because we actually just got this question in the Mom Force Facebook group from Stacy. She says, Hey, can we talk about New Year's resolutions for kids? Do you do them or do you wait until they're older? I have a nine and 10 year old. What would be good, achievable goals for them? So, in, in your experience, how would you answer Stacy? On this. I love that question because I think that nine and 10 year olds are very capable of having goals. Just like what we were talking about at the beginning. I don't know that 
they need to have a whole big list of all these things. But that is what I love about our dream books is that we do at the beginning of the year, we do take them out and have the kids go through, okay, go through and change whatever. What are your dreams that you don't really, aren't really your dreams anymore? And what are your, how are you going to be in 10 years from now that's different from how you were thought, thinking you were going to be last year? And then come up with some things that they can work on. I do feel like we live in this world of, coddling as as parents and you know we need to change the locus of control to our kids and so to let them come up with those ideas is such a good idea but bottom line is I think that nine and ten year olds are perfectly capable and if you give them kind of a little bit of a framework to work with and try to come up with things that they personally want to work on not what you want them to work on it makes a big difference to kind of shift that responsibility to them mm-hmm and that's one of the things that your your parents really drive home in their book, Teaching Kids Responsibility. Yeah. I sometimes think we wait till our kids get old enough or we think they're ready, but kids at a very young age can do yeah. can do a lot and take ownership in their life. And I think if that's one thing in in today's world is that our kids need more resilience and more grit and more ownership and more responsibility. And so this is they a really do. easy way. I love your dream book also, how you say they go back and they refer to what they had last year. So it's this journal, yeah, right? You really, the same it is. book through the years. And what a treasure that is for them too. And see, they can see their growth. It totally is. In fact, my oldest son, who's 22 now, it's so funny to look back at his goals. You know, we started this quite a while ago and to look at his goals and really they changed, they changed for sure. But they actually, there's so many things that have actually come to pass because he has been thinking about it all these years, really actually in a constructive way, rather than just thinking, oh, maybe I'll do that. Or maybe I'll do that. But he's actually, there's something in in the power of writing things down that I think really makes a difference, whether it's, whether it's something that's changed in the future or whether it's something that really comes to pass, writing down those ideas actually just makes them tangible. I believe that a hundred percent. And I'm not the best journaler. I used to be better at it. Right now, my chat books are just my journals. If I hey, just... you've got the best journals ever. <laughs> They're filled with pictures. And, oh, I love chat books. Oh, but I, I agree with you. Writing it down. And it, when it comes to your word, putting it on a chalkboard or on a poster or somewhere where you can see it because it's that daily reminder. And Otherwise, can... it just becomes like the other resolutions that just kind of get lost by the wayside. It just needs, it needs to be fully visible, I think. Well, Michaela in the Facebook group, she was one of the people that mentioned that she picks a word. She has it put on a bracelet. So it's on her list all the time. So I had mine on a necklace one year. It's, it's a great idea. Oh, so another excuse to get yourself a piece of jewelry too. So Shawnee, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this. Tell our listeners where they can find you online. Um, my blog is on 71toes.com. So I'll try to post about this and some other ideas when you publish this. Mm-hmm. What's okay. the word for it? <laughs> when this airs. <laughs> when this airs, exactly. And then on her blog, you can search one word and you can find all yeah. the posts. Thank you so much for being here and good luck with, wait, what would you say the goal is? The word is this year? My word this year is going to be prepare. Prepare. No, instantly I thought of the Lion King. Who is it that sings that? Scar? I don't know, know, but I better find that because that can be going lost into our house. Yes. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks so much, Vanessa. Thanks for all you do to help moms. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and let us know what you think. 
Also, check out the show notes for links to the things we talked about. And you can find a special chapbooks discount code. All right, we'll see you next week.